Well, if you've spent any time online, especially um, in social media the last few weeks, you may have noticed a silly meme that floats around this time of year, which has a shot of a very stern-looking John the Baptist as portrayed in one of those 70s-era Jesus biographies, like Jesus of Nazareth or one of those. I'm not sure which one. And it's always captioned with the words, Happy Advent, you brood of vipers. <laughs> Uh, in angry red letters. Well, like that meme, <laughs> like that meme, the third Sunday in Advent can be something of a study in contrasts. So on the one hand, this is a Gaudete Sunday or Rejoicing Sunday, which was taken from our introit that we just chanted um, from Philippians 4, and that was last week's epistle, by the way, which says, Rejoice ye in the Lord, and again I say rejoice. So that's one of our two rose Sundays of the year when the violet of our penitential season gets um, mixed with a little bit of white of celebration to get this nice rose shade. I'm assured it's not pink, that it's actually rose. That's what I'm assured of, so um, I believe it. Um, we will also, I mean, that's why we do have the, uh, the, the, the rose priest vestments. Um, we're going to try for the Lent rose Sunday to have uh, some deacon vestments as well. Um, that's why we do have the roses on the altar. And we have the rose candle lit from our uh, Advent wreath. That's why we have the Damascus rose incense. Um, some of y'all love that. Some of y'all hate it. I'll let y'all decide which way I am on that. But... Uh, <laughs> What we have is this rose becomes a symbol of a small reprieve from the starkness of our little Lent that is the Advent season. As we're now just a little bit past halfway point for Advent, we are on the home stretch heading towards Christmas. So that's the one hand, that rejoicing Sunday, mixing a little bit of our penitence with some celebration. Uh, one pastor said, this would be a good Sunday for cookie exchanges. <laughs> on the other hand... On the other hand, however, we have our gospel and hymns bringing to mind that most quintessential and archetypical Advent character, John the Baptist. And St. John the Baptist is not known for celebration and joy. In the verses following our gospel reading, our Lord said that John is the Elijah who is to come, as we have promised in the Old Testament. And like the prophet Elijah, St. John the Baptist spoke harsh truth to the religious and political leaders of his day. And yes, he did indeed call them a brood of vipers. I don't think he wished them a happy advent, though. So, <laughs> Like the powers in Elijah's day, we see that Herod and the Pharisees and the Sadducees all looked at John the Baptist as a troubler of Israel. And they weren't seeing that it was their own sin and their own corruption as leaders that had truly brought about all the trouble in Israel. But there is indeed more to St. John the Baptist than this. He is not only the wild-eyed, fire-and-brimstone preacher who wore weird clothes and dunked folks in the Jordan River. St. Luke tells us that the first time he was in the presence of Jesus when both he and our Lord were still in their mother's wombs, John leapt for joy, which caused St. Elizabeth 
to realize the special role of the Blessed Virgin Mary as the Theotokos, the God-bearer, the mother of the Lord, as she said. Later on, when Jesus' ministry is growing, both he and John were baptizing in the same area, and John's disciples were getting a little bit jealous of Jesus. What does John say? He says that he is merely the friend of the bridegroom, the best man, as it were. And then then he says this, the one who has the bride is the bridegroom. The friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is now complete. He must increase, but I must decrease. And that's John uh, 3, 29 through 30. So you see that for St. John the Baptist, preparing for the Lord's coming and being the one who would prepare the way of the Lord was indeed the fulfillment of his joy. Repentance, or turning away from sin, the world, the flesh, and the devil, to God, we turn from sin to God, through the person and work of our Lord Jesus Christ, that's the path of true and everlasting joy. Our gospel passage picks up later on in John's life when he is in prison for preaching. He's awaiting the inevitable sentence of death. John knew what was coming. So please turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 11, Matthew 11, beginning at verse 2. And you can also find this in your Bibles, I'm sorry, in your prayer book on page 94, page 94 in the prayer book, Matthew 11, 2. Now, when John heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? So most of my life, when I read this passage, I would just assume that St. John was having doubts while he's in prison. Things had not, after all, gone particularly well for him, right? And I figured he had just been wondering if he really did hear from God, if he really was a prophet. After all, we see Elijah and some of the other Old Testament prophets um, having moments of despair when they're on the run from persecution. And don't we see the apostles scattering and hiding when Jesus gets arrested? Maybe this is just John's low point. Maybe John, like all of us, was struggling with a moment of doubt. But remember what went before. Remember how John recognized Jesus while they were both still embryos. Remember St. John seeing the Holy Ghost descend upon Jesus during his baptism, and he heard the Father say, This is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. And then John's the one that says of Jesus, Behold the Lamb of God who taketh away the sins of the world. So the church fathers tell us, and I tend to agree with them after uh, kind of thinking this through, that it's very hard to believe that John didn't know who Jesus was. Look at all these proofs that he had seen with his own eyes. It's hard to believe that John had forgotten all that witness to the fulfillment of his joy. But what about John's disciples? What about those guys that John is sending? There's a sense in which it's a little odd that John still has disciples at this point at all, right? He knew and had told them that his role was to decrease while Jesus' role is to increase. Why are there still disciples of John walking around? 
Jesus later says in the gospel, and we prayed in the collect, John's role was to be the messenger who prepared the way for the coming of the Lord Jesus. John's entire ministry is about exalting Christ. But that doesn't mean that his disciples always got the point. It doesn't mean that his disciples fully understood his mission. So how does John solve this problem? He sends those disciples to Jesus so that they might also rejoice in the bridegroom's voice. We we see something similar happening in Acts chapter 19. St. Paul was preaching the gospel in Ephesus where he had found a dozen or so disciples who had never even heard of the Holy Spirit. And it turns out when he does a little bit of digging that these 12 guys were disciples of John the Baptist and they they had been baptized by John but hadn't heard the whole gospel. They must have gone back to Ephesus sometime during the Lord's ministry or during John's ministry and didn't hear the whole story. So St. Paul tells them that John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him, that is Jesus. And that's Acts 19.4. So the 12 men then end up getting baptized into Christ and they receive the Holy Spirit They begin to prophesy just like John. So in our collect, we're reminded that priests and pastors and deacons and yes, even bishops are similarly tasked to prepare the way for the coming of the Lord. Just like it wasn't enough to be a disciple of John, it's also not enough just to be an Anglican or a Catholic or a Baptist or a Presbyterian or whatever. First and foremost, we all must be followers of Christ. And just like St. John sent his disciples to meet Jesus and St. Paul sent the Ephesians to encounter Christ in the gospel and in the sacrament of baptism, so are all Christians tasked to preach the gospel to each other and we ministers especially to do so through the word and through the sacrament so that we might all continually meet Jesus. As great as our tradition is, as beautiful as our hymns are, our vestments, even the rose ones, not pink, rose. And and as great as all of our heritage is, I actually don't mind wearing pink. I don't have any very much of it, but it's just not a big deal. But (laughs) (laughs) the joy we get from all these things is supposed to point us to the greater joy that we get from knowing and following our Lord Jesus Christ. And speaking of Jesus, let's look at his answer to John's disciples. Verse 4 in the gospel. Matthew chapter 11, verse 4. Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear. And the dead are raised up. And the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. I find it interesting that Jesus didn't tell them what happened when John baptized him. He didn't talk about the descent of the Spirit and the Father's words of approval. He didn't give these disciples of John a theological treatise. He didn't even tell them a parable, which was his normal way of doing things. He instead pointed to his miracles. He pointed to his works. Those miracles and those messianic works weren't what made Jesus the Messiah, but they were the proof or the fruit of his messiahship. They were a proof, they were the proof or the fruit of who he was. 
The things that he did are the things that the scriptures said the Messiah would do. We read, for example, the words of the prophet Isaiah, Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute sing for joy. That's Isaiah 35.5. In a similar way, our good works don't make us Christians, but they are the fruit of being a Christian. Article 12 and the 39 Articles of Religion, our, our class series on the article has just ended, um, and these, these are one of the chief formularies of the Anglican tradition. Article 12 says that good works are the result of a healthy living faith in the same way that apples, for example, are the result of a healthy and living apple tree. And even though our good works are tainted by our fallen flesh, Because we belong to Christ, those good works are pleasing and acceptable to the Father for the sake of his Son. Isaiah prophesied that the Messiah would cause the tongue of the mute to sing for joy. The miracles and the works of our Lord Jesus were indeed for his glory. They did glorify him as the Messiah, but they were also for the benefit of those people. The, 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 the mute man needed to talk. The man with leprosy needed to be cleansed. The sick man needed to be healed. The, the lame man needed to walk. Our good works are kind of like that. They do glorify Jesus, but they also benefit our neighbor. Our Lord doesn't need, him to bring a, bring a, doesn't need us to bring him the glory. He already has the glory. But our neighbor really needs our good works. Our neighbor needs the joy that comes from Christians acting like Christ to make the world a better place. That's important to remember this time of year. Let's pick up in verse 7. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds concerning John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing? Behold, those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. So John was a prophet, and he looked the part. Everything about John screamed prophet. There's absolutely no ambiguity about John. And he was always clear about his role, which is preparing the way for Jesus. That's what brought him joy, as we talked about. Our collect says that we who are ministers of the gospel have the same calling. We are to prepare the way for Jesus' second coming. And so in our tradition, we do often wear different clothing. We wear our clericals. We wear our vestments um, so that it would be obvious what we're here to do. We, we say, okay, we need to look like ministers so that it's obvious what we're here to do. In the same way that you look for the guy in the white coat when you need a doctor, right? You look for the guy in blue with a gun when you need a cop. We need to look like ministers so that it would be obvious to the world what we're here to do. But like John, we must decrease and Jesus must increase. We need to get out of the way. In the verse following our gospel, Jesus said that though there had been no one born who was greater than John the Baptist at this point, the least in the kingdom of heaven would be greater than him. 
because John had died before Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection, there's a sense where John really is more like the last of the Old Testament prophets rather than the first of the New Testament prophets. The last of those Old Testament saints. He had the joy of the Messiah's coming, but he didn't live to see the inauguration of the new covenant in our Lord's passion and death and resurrection. He didn't live to see the coming of the Holy Ghost at Pentecost. He didn't live to ever partake of the Lord's Supper. But you and I have all these things as baptized Christians. John was the friend of the bridegroom. He was the best man. But you, beloved, are the bride. As complete as John's joy was, how much greater joy ought you and I to have? And so we do say with our intro, rejoice ye in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. The Lord is at hand. And we say this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Remember the words of our Lord, how he said it is more blessed to give than to receive.